It's your Wednesday daily delivery. I am Michael Rand. How you guys doing today? I'm sure you a lot, a lot of you getting ready for Thanksgiving, maybe a little bit of extended time off, hopefully. Like I mentioned on yesterday's show, no Friday show this week. There still will be a Thanksgiving edition coming up. Be a very football-heavy show tomorrow. Um, ben Gessling on the Vikings and Randy Johnson on the Gophers tomorrow. Um, today, good one coming up. Henry Lake from WCCO Radio will join me on a bunch of different subjects. Picked his brain on the Timberwolves because he is a big Timberwolves fan, a big Timberwolves watcher. So I wanted to get his thoughts on some of the Wolves stuff that's been going on this season. I also just wanted to kind of hear his story. I've never really talked to him about kind of how he got his start in radio, and I found that to be interesting. He and I kind of along the same timeline in terms of when we started out in the late 90s in Twin Cities Media. So it's kind of fun to reminisce a little bit about the good old days, some of the uh, the old time uh, the old time uh, stuff back then quarter century ago almost man that feels old to say that but uh, Henry and I had a great conversation so I hope you do enjoy that got some uh, Pat Beverly doing Pat Beverly things late in a Lakers loss to Phoenix uh, got to get into that for a little bit and a question about some local teams big night of action tonight with the Wolves the Wild and Gophers men's basketball all playing tonight First, though, what did I miss? I want to talk Vikings at the jump for a little bit, even though we will do some of that tomorrow. Um, Didn't have much Vikings talk on Tuesday's show, which we normally have a very, very large helping of Vikings on Tuesday. Um, Weird week for the Vikings, of course, coming off of Sunday's game, playing again on Thursday. So the access a little switched up this week. A lot of the players and head coach Kevin O'Connell talked to the media on Tuesday. Uh, Usually the big day is Wednesday. And one of the big storylines that emerge, uh, emerged uh, going into Thursday's game against New England, an obvious one, but a good one, especially based on what happened Sunday in that Vikings 40-3 to loss to Dallas. Still does not roll off the tongue based on what has happened for the rest of this season. Um, but Kevin O'Connell got asked a lot about kind of lessons from Bill Belichick when he was you know, a young quarterback playing in New England, studying under Bill Belichick, and kind of what he learned from Bill Belichick, specifically what he learned, you know, during blowout losses. The, the New England didn't suffer a whole lot of blowout losses, but they did take their share occasionally, and they were very good over the years at bouncing back from those losses. So I want to play the, the O'Connell clip first and then talk about a couple of things that, that kind of caught my attention when thinking about New England and some other some other scenarios that have played out here. I just remember it was about you know acknowledging um, the reality of of the game, what happened, uh, what took place, the things we did uh, or didn't do um, in the football game that that might have contributed to losing that game, and then how do we fix those things? How do we rectify any problems we can? The things that we can control. Uh, by doing our job and and focusing on the things like I said we could control you know that message was always direct forward and um, you know something that was followed up by the entire coaching staff uh, coming off of a game like that and um, you know that you mentioned that 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 that, st- that sticks with me uh, to this to this very day just as an example of you know what it's like uh, you know to coach in those moments where adversity hits and uh, how you need to be at your best for your team. So I think the New England example is a good one, not just from 
you know, Bill Belichick and his coaching brilliance over the years and being able to kind of move past things, correct them, and go forward. I think that's a great model for Kevin O'Connell to use this week. But I also think it's important for O'Connell to take another page from the Belichick playbook in that uh, Belichick has been great over the years at doing more with less personnel-wise. It seems like over the years it doesn't matter what kind of adversity strikes uh, the Patriots. They always have someone waiting, someone who can fill in and do the job, and they put them in the right position to succeed. And that's going to be absolutely necessary for the Vikings going forward as they've had a few more injuries this season than they did at the start of the year. Talking about particular concerns at offensive line, you know, left tackle Christian Derrissaw will not play Thursday night. That that becomes an issue. What do they do to kind of uh, you know kind of work around that? Give Kirk Cousins more time to throw against a very good defense in New England. And how do they navigate their their uh, their other deficiency at corner right now? Um, you know, as of as of recording time today, Caleb Evans still has not cleared concussion protocol from the concussion he suffered two weeks ago against the Bills. Um, Andrew Booth Jr. sounds like they're being very cautious with him after he hurt his knee um, playing uh, playing some in the uh, in that last game against Dallas. Um, already without Cameron Dantzler, of course, he's on injured reserve. Um, so you got Patrick Peterson on one side, you got Shannon Sullivan in the slot. It might be Duke Shelley at the other spot or or Caleb Evans. You know, and that's not a whole lot of depth. And if you're if that's a Bill Belichick coach team, you're not as worried about that, right? You're thinking, okay, Be- Belichick is the master at doing more with less. Kevin O'Connell and Ed Donatel are gonna have to figure out how how do we still present ourselves in a in a competitive, in a in an aggressive way without having a full complement of players. And that sounds like we probably still might be without Dalvin Tomlinson, which is huge in the run game as well, the run-stopping game as well. So how do you take a, p- a page from Bill Pelichek's book and, um, and and recover without some of your best players? Another lesson to be learned is a little bit more recent. The Rams last season when Kevin O'Connell was offensive coordinator, uh, we think of them having you know their Super Bowl season. They had a three-game losing streak right in the middle of that season. One of those losses, 31-10 to against the 49ers. They actually lost to the 49ers twice during the regular season before beating them in the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl. So how do you how do you recover from a bad loss? They've got good good uh, O'Connell's got a good frame of reference just from last year when they went through it with the Rams. Started seven and one, lost three in a row to get to seven and four. The Vikings don't want to see that slide happen here. But they do, Kevin O'Connell can draw upon that experience that, hey, the sky is not falling. Even if you lose a game, even if you lose a couple games, even if you lose three games, which, again, they don't want to do, things can still be corrected during the course of the season. We tend to go week to week with our narratives here, and sometimes a season is a much bigger picture than that. How do they recover from 40-3? to What kind of product can they put on the field Thursday night against a good team on a short week, a coaching legend? This will This will tell you a lot about the Vikings' about Kevin O'Connell and what this team is made of. And that, to me, is the most fascinating part of this entire matchup. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. All right, really happy to have Henry Lake 
WCCO Radio. You can listen to him every weeknight from six to nine. I've been on his show a few times. Um, he's returning the favor for me right now, making an appearance on Daily Delivery. I, I respect his opinion on a lot of matters. Talk, just like good guy to talk sports with in general, but uh, he and I share a lot of uh, common passions with the Timberwolves, the Vikings, etc. So, Henry, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Uh, thanks, Ramball, for having me. It's a pleasure to be on with you, and uh, I enjoy when you come on the show. <laughs> I, I enjoy it, too. Always love, uh, I'll always love hopping on and uh, chopping it up with you on uh, on a lot of different subjects. What we end up talking about a lot is Timberwolves, um, and I want to start there with you. I want to get into a little bit of your of your story, your journey, but but Timberwolves are hot right now. Four wins in a row. Um, you had Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards talking on Monday after the win about, you know, don't boo us. You know, it's, it's a process. Don't boo us. We only want fans here bringing the positive energy. And that was kind of a, a microcosm Wolves game, right? The, the first half was awful. Second half, they played much better, got the cheers going, got their fourth straight win. Where do you, first of all, where do you come down on the idea of people in the stands letting them have it if they're not playing well? I have no issue with people bowling. I really don't because you think about the economy, you think about the times that we're living in and we talk about the cost of tickets. Like you should be happy that people are paying expensive prices to go, you know, check you out. So I, I really don't have an issue with people bowling. Um, You know, they're trying to get their point across. If you're going to be frustrated, if you're going to be disgruntled and you're paying high prices to, to go, you know, support this franchise, this organization, I really don't have an issue with it. I will say this though about bowling. I am not a fan of booing because I honestly, I think to any fan out there that's listening, um, booing doesn't change anything in terms of with these players. It, it just, it doesn't like it's, it's, if you think that you're going to get your point across, maybe I just don't think that you're really accomplishing much by booing. Now, you know, when I think about the atmosphere at games, um, do I think that booing is going to get Anthony Edwards to, play better defense? Is it going right. to get Rudy Gobert to block more shots? No, I don't think so. So I don't think that booing gets accomplished what fans think that it does. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think I think mostly what they're booing at some point is effort. And, I, and I, that that's where I feel like it's it's legit. I don't feel like you should boo. And I talked about this a little bit on Tuesday's show. I don't think you should boo like someone misses a shot. That's going to happen. But if, if you perceive a team is not playing with enough effort, and I think honestly the Wolves have shown a lack of effort at times this year, I think that Agreed. piece of it's fair to me too. Agreed. I I agree. Like you can tell when athletes in general are kind of you know just kind of giving it a you know fifty percent effort. Like and you're not going all out. And I think that last year, see, one of the things I think this year as uh, um, compared to last year is you looked at that team last year and when you had guys like Jared Vanderbilt going a hundred percent every single like yes. trip down the court. Like that's the measuring stick that fans have. They want to see that type of effort. So I'm totally with you there. What do you make of this team right now? I mean, the five and eight start, four and zero oh since then. A lot of yeah buts. Yeah, the teams they're playing have been shorthanded. They've been you know they've been coughing up leads and just barely hanging on. What do you make of where they stand right now, and especially the four and zero? Oh? I look at this team and I feel like they don't know what their identity is. And Bingo. you know, th- this past game. There are a couple of things that I saw that you typically don't see. I don't typically see after Anthony Edwards misses a shot, he kind of put his head down, right? Like, 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 I think that there's a little bit of a confidence issue too going on right now because they haven't played to the level that they expect to play and they know that they're under the microscope. 
So I think that they're trying to find what works and who was going to be the leader or leaders for this team this season. So they're trying to find themselves. They're trying to identify, like, what, what, what do we do best? And I think that it'll take a little bit more time. Now, do I think that they're playing a little bit better here in the last week and a half? Yes. But I don't think that they're clearly playing at the level that anybody expected. What do you think? What is the identity? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what, you know, if and when we see, you know, the best, the best or at least a much better version of themselves. What is the identity of this year's team? Is it is it built around Ant? Is it built around kind of the two bigs? Is it built around, you know, five guys who can score? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what their best version of themselves even is. I think right now is shot making. I think I think it's shot making. It's clearly not defense. Like they've got to improve defensively. We know that individually, Rudy Gobert is a really good defensive player, right? But as a whole and as a unit, as a group, it's got to be shot making. Jade McDaniels can knock down shots. D'Angelo Russell, when he's on, can knock down shots. Anthony Edwards, we know he can knock down shots. Cat can knock down shots. So I think that it's knocking down shots. Even guys coming in off the bench, Nas Reed, Jalen Noel, Torian Prince. It's got to be shot making right now, but they have to improve on the defensive end or else they're not going to win anything. You think they're going to get there this year? I mean, has it surprised you how it's looked so far? It surprised me that they've been this um, lackadaisical on defense. Yeah. Um, do I think that they'll get there? Not sure. I can't I can't I can't say that I'm that I'm confident that they're going to get there. But I guess I'll say this about just in general, the NBA there are a lot of bad teams that we thought were going to be really good. Like the Brooklyn Nets, they're playing better now, but they're not any good. The Golden State Warriors, they haven't been good. Yeah, that's like, been a surprise, a lot, yeah. There's a lot of teams that you're looking at and you're like, who's good? Like we know yeah. that Milwaukee's good, right? We know that they're good. We know that Portland's been a surprise team. But like who truly is good in the NBA right now? I think that right now the teams that I feel confident in saying that they are good – is Boston, Phoenix, and Milwaukee. Outside yeah. of that, I'm not really sure. I think you're right. I don't. It's it's it is a little bit. I mean, if, whether you consider that wide open or not, because those teams probably are are measurably above everybody else, and it, it's hard to again. Maybe it was hard at this point last year to see a challenger for Phoenix until things got a little dicey for them, and ultimately they lose in the playoffs. But but you're right. It, it's hard to identify who really is good. And it's early. I mean, this is what happens in the NBA all the time, too. We lose patience. We say, give the Wolves 20 games to sort themselves out. Then it's like week, and then it's like 12 games in, and we're ready to ready to sell it all off for parts. I think I think that the issue with me in terms of like, and I think that there's a good comparison here between the NFL and the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know how like for the first month or so of the NFL season, we weren't sure who was good. Right. And I think that in the NBA, we're right now, we're trying to struggle and trying to figure out that too. The only difference between the two leagues in terms of that comparison about who is good and who isn't is that the NBA just has more games. Good transition point, Henry. Uh, It's almost like you set me up for that because I wanted to talk Vikings with you as well. They're eight and two. They have somehow um, obtained a negative point differential for the season by way of. 40 to three on Sunday against Dallas. Now they get to play again right away Thursday. We'll find out if that's good or bad. Um, Bill Belichick on a short week does not figure to be the, uh, the recipe necessarily for offensive success, but they should be able to compete in this game. And they, they very well could win this game and maybe even should win this game at home. What do you make of this team? We thought uh, basically everything we thought we knew. And then Sunday happens. I think that this team is no different today than they were going into the Dallas game, to be honest with you. I think that, 
even though it was ugly, even though it was it was hor- horrible what we watched, right? I think that this has been the biggest overreaction of a Minnesota Vikings loss in the last couple of years. Look, the way that things shook out on Sunday, they fall behind and then you're playing catch up. Christian Darisaw, and that's a massive injury, yeah, right? Like huge. with him being out with a concussion. And and they they need to sit him for weeks, not just one week this coming Thursday, but they need to get him right because Pro Football Focus has graded him out as the best offensive lineman this season. So not having him there, like, it just became a snowball effect. And then when you fall behind a couple of touchdowns and, you know, your quarterback has no time, like Kirk Cousins had no time. Zero time. You can't run the football because you have to abandon the run. It just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. The defense has actually gotten better from the start of the season till now. They didn't show up on Sunday. That was very unfortunate. Offensively, when you have a part of your game plan that's stripped from you, it's going to be tough. So I don't think the Viking fans should jump off the ship right now. I I believe they're going to win, you know, the next game against the New England Patriots. It's just I don't want everybody to abandon them and overreact to it. No, I don't think they should overreact. I do wonder, though, like, at what point, at what point would you say, I got to rethink this. Would it be one more game? Not even like like that, but let's say they say they lose 20 to 10 to the Patriots or something, you know, kind of pedestrian, but it's convincing enough that you're like, oh man, like, are they going to struggle this way with Darisad out? Are they, do they, are the injuries catching up to him? What, what's it going to take one way or the other to, to make you say, okay, I feel, I still feel good about this or I'm starting to get worried about this. Well, New England's got a really good defense. I yeah. think that the issue that would be concerning is, is if the offensive line gets manhandled again, like, Michael Parsons, we know how legit yeah. he is. He's arguably not, the best defensive not, player he's not in the bad. league. He's not yeah, bad. Yeah, he's pretty good. Like, like Aaron Donald, he's been a monster. Maybe it's Parsons is the guy now, right? Yeah. So now going into facing the Patriots, if you get manhandled again, then I think you start to be a little bit more concerned about how far this team can go. I like it. Well, we'll see what happens on Thursday. Like I said at the beginning, Henry, I've, I've known you for a while. You've been in this business for a long time. A lot of people know you, listen to you. But for listeners of this podcast who maybe don't know your whole journey, how did you how did you get to be where you are today, hosting you know a three hour uh, three hour spot on on CCO? What 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 got you into this into this business and this this passion that you have for it? I just fell into it, <laughs> to be honest. With you. I, it happened by <laughs> accident. So uh, I I'll try to give you the shortest version that I can give you. But um, back in 1998, I was um, still interning with uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves in basketball community relations. And that summer, in the summertime, we would always travel around the state and do different camps, like like Flip Saunders camps, right? So we'd sure. be like in Hutchinson one weekend, the next weekend we'd be, you know, in Burnsville or whatever. And so there was this press conference that was um, taking place at one of the uh, facilities that we were having camp at. And it was announcing that this was like when Flip was going to get his first good coaching contract right okay yeah head coach of the minnesota timberwolves and so i was leaving the the gym to go out to get something from my vehicle and i bumped into um darren doogie wolfson who's mm-hmm. who's at who's at uh, channel five now yeah of uh, course he K, yeah he was a k fan at the time and uh he had seen me and he knew that i was doing like au basketball coaching i was running with howard pulley basketball and i knew like everybody out there in the um in the college basketball world right and so he says hey man i know that you got a lot of connections you know a lot of people have you ever thought about going into media you ever thought about radio and i was like 
No, not really. Now, the one thing that I had done in the uh, summer of 1996 um, uh, was I was a press um, assistant for the USA basketball team. Okay. And because I'm a Morehouse College grad, I was sure. in Atlanta, and so I ended up working games and stuff like that, whatever. So I got a little bit of a taste of it, right? Like all the people you see on, like, you see Wobon and you see um, um, Tony Kornheiser from PTI and those guys, whatever. Yeah. I was basically, like, getting them stats and polling them about who they wanted to – you know, talk to at the end of games and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. So that was a little bit of the taste that I had. And so um, I was talking to Doogie there. He gave me his information. I go in, I interview for an internship. Um, I get it. I landed. Um, they had me interning for Chad and Barrero, Chad yeah. Hartman and Barrero. And I was literally like the last intern uh, before they, you know, before went their the split. Ways. Yeah. yeah. And so that was kind of me getting into, um, into radio. And so from there, um, after about, like seven or eight months, they hired me as an overnight board op. And then I just kind of started just working my magic. And it, and it really took off for me when at the time when I was there, because um, the entire scene was totally different, right? You had Jesse Ventura that was on in mornings. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it was like a hundred years ago. I know. Then, right. Right. This, is, this so, is about the time I was starting to start Tribune. So this is all very familiar <laughs> to me. Yeah. And so, and so it was, um, Jesse, you know, ran for governor. Jesse wins. Right. <laughs> which creates a void because he has to leave, you know, the, the station. And so they created um, PA and Dubay. And so Paul Allen, Jeff Dubay, they get together. They yeah. start utilizing me. And it just kind of took off from there. So what, you owe your whole career to Jesse Ventura being the governor? I'm not going to give Jesse I'm that. Just that much I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know what? I'm going to give it to Chad Harbin and Dan Barrero. How about that? <laughs> you, owe your, you owe your career to your talent, obviously. You said you worked your magic. As you think about, how would you describe your own style, your own personality on the air? Well, I knew, well, let's go back for a second. So sure. I knew that back then I had a niche. My niche was that I cared about college recruiting. I cared about the high school kids here in Minnesota um, that typically didn't get looks. And so to me, I wanted to to talk about the talented kids here in the state of Minnesota and kind of take them to another level. Because at that particular time, Kyle Lamine was like going off. Oh, like yeah. Minneapolis yeah. North, they were like, but I was like, I've always known that we've always had good, really good basketball players here, right? Yeah. And it just, it just, we had it to get them out there a little bit. So I started this, this newsletter that the Timberwolves started utilizing throughout the basketball season. It was called Hoops Headquarters. Hoops Headquarters. So was, this was like this is like printed on paper, actual newsletter. Yes, yes. yes like, it was printed on like, paper. Not like the I think modern I still got copies. Not like the <laughs> modern newsletter where we think of as in your inbox. This is an actual physical newsletter. This is how old this is how old Henry and I are. Yeah, yeah. So so I knew that there were really good players like Jake Sullivan, yeah. like Adam Boone. There were a lot of guys that were going to come through the ranks like Troy Bell. And I said, man, I got to start talking about these guys, Mike Bauer. And so um, that was my niche. And that's where I knew it was my lane because at that particular time, nobody cared. Nobody, um, seriously, nobody really cared about those kids. And so for me, that was the niche that I had. I wanted to create a lane and that was how I kind of made a name for myself. So now as that's all evolved, you, you spent a lot of time at KFAN, you sludge in the lake, you've kind of done a lot of things. You went to Kansas city for a while, right? And, and, yep. and now you're, now you've been back for a while. Um, how, your voice has definitely, I'm sure, evolved since then. How do you define your style now? Um, I think it's, you know, I don't know that I've necessarily changed that much. Okay. I just think that my platform's gotten bigger. Got it. And, and I've gotten better at my craft. Like, 
leaving home and going to a market where nobody knew me, right? And I didn't have any family. I didn't have any friends other than the, you know, the people that were hiring me. It, it, it puts the onus on you to, to get better. And, and you go from, at least from my perspective, going from doing a two hour radio show to four hours of radio every day, right? That's a, that's a, that's like, a lot of radio that you have to do. That's 30 minutes of, of 30 minutes of podcast is enough for me, Henry. Come on, <laughs> four hours. Jeez. You know, so, and it was, it was crazy because even though I had some good looks at K-Fan and K-Fan is, is super popular, um, I was never really taught um, the subtle nuances of radio. I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily taught about teases and about, you know, how to be effective with your show prep and stuff like that and, and putting your rundown together. That was kind of stuff that I was, you know, Chad Abbott and those guys were, they allowed me to, to freelance, right? Like, sure. you know, Doug Westerman and those guys, they allowed me to freelance. I wasn't really given the tools to, to, or the advice about the tech, technical parts yeah. of putting together a radio broadcast. So I kind of learned that in Kansas City, continued to grind and make a lot of connections. And then just over the five and a half years that I was there, um, it just got better. It was, it was, it, you know, I just became a, a better host. You certainly are. A couple more things for you, Henry, enjoying this conversation as I always do. You, I, I love to follow you on Twitter. You mix it up sometimes. How do you, how do you, know kind of when to dive into a subject, whether it's you know, sometimes it's political, sometimes it's controversial and some, and how do you decide when you say, I'm going to sit this one out? I think that the, the best advice that I got in terms of radio and this kind of translates to social media too, is that John Hansen, who hired me twice, he hired me uh, at 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. And then he also, you know, um, brought me to, to WCCO Radio. He said, talk about what people are talking about. Yeah. Talk about what people are talking about, because you can't miss if you're talking about what everyone is talking about. And then secondly, be yourself and talk about things that are important to you. And when I think about things that are important to me, I love sports. But you know what? I love making my community around me better. I love the state of Minnesota. I love our country. I love our world. So, like, when there are very serious issues that need to be addressed I don't run from them, man. You know how the, the young kids say, I want the smoke. I want all the smoke, <laughs> you know? And I know at times the station will be like, oh, you know, Lake, are you all right? I'm, I'm like, I'm sure good. You, I'm good. You sure you want all that smoke? I want all the smoke. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, and it's funny because, and I give them a lot of credit because they trust me. They know that I won't, you know, go down a road that's harmful. And, and they know that my heart's in the, in the right place. And I think that's the number one thing about me is that, not everybody's going to agree with me. There are a lot of people that love me. There are a lot of people that like me. There are a lot of people that that are on the fence with me. And there are a lot of people that hate me. But at the end of the day, if you listen to me or you get to know me, you know one thing. I want what's best for all of us. I'm in it for all of us. It's, it's not I don't have any like hidden agendas. I just want to make um, sports reporting and just all the conversations that I have on the show just a better place for all of us. So I'm I'm welcoming everybody into the Lake Show. I love it. That's very well said, Henry. Last thing, I think about this a lot because it's been a long time, not for the Lynx, but for the men's teams in town. As you think about the Vikings, the Timberwolves, the Wild, the Twins, let's even throw Minnesota United in the mix if you want. What is the next team in that men's group that's going to win a championship here? Oof. So now I got to predict a championship. Man, I've, I've, I've done it like 10 times and I've been wrong every time because nobody's won one in the whole time I've been here. Um, who do you feel best about right now? That's a tough one. Um, yeah. Who do I feel best about? 
you know that I'm the biggest Timberwolves fan in the I world. Do. I do. Doesn't matter. Uh, I think that the team that probably gives us the best chance would have to be the Minnesota Vikings. Just because they're into right now. Yeah. Because of the way that they're set up, you know, we've got um, a, a really good quarterback. We've got a really good running back and we have the best wide receiver on in the world. Like Justin Jefferson is that guy. Our defense, I think, is good enough to keep us in games. Um, I guess the question would be Kevin O'Connell. Is he going to progressively get better? Right. Like, is, is, yeah. is, 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 is this is this something that's going is is this a mirage or is this a trend yeah. with him? And so. I would have to say the Vikings, and I'll give you a sneaky one after the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of fans will disagree with this, but I actually think the Minnesota Twins okay. are going to bounce back here the next couple of years. And, and, and I do think that the Twins are on to something. they got to stay healthy. Byron Buxton is going to have to give us more. So at the end of the day, I'll probably go Vikings into, uh, into the Twins. Vikings was a very here and now answer, which is what you are all about, what your show is all about, which is why I appreciate listening to it and coming on and appreciate it having you on today. Give Henry Lake a listen. I'm sure you guys, a lot of you already have six to nine weekdays, WCCO 830 AM. Henry, appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You too, Henry. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Henry Lake. I really did enjoy it. And uh, encourage you to go listen to him on WCCO radio. Um, A question I asked him at the end, I think I agree with the Viking sentiment, just because that is the here and now, right? They're eight and two. Any team that's eight and two in the NFL is, even if you're coming off a bad loss, even if it's tough to get through the playoffs, even if the path to the number one seed in the NFC might be tough with Philadelphia being ahead of you, um, you're in position to make the playoffs. And when you're in position to make the playoffs, you're in position to get to the Super Bowl. So I agree with that as the team most likely to go next. After that, I would put the Timberwolves still ahead of anybody else. I know they're looking ragged right now, but I think they have the most ready-to-win talent of of all the teams that we've talked about here, more than the Wild, more than the Twins. So we'll see how that all plays out. I've been wrong about the Timberwolves about 500 times in my life, so we'll we'll see just how good they are. But um, that, to me, is the number two on the list. Let's finish with the cooler. A lot of teams in action this uh, this fine Wednesday night leading you into your holiday break. Wild at home against Winnipeg Wednesday night. Wolves on the road at Indiana. Gophers men's basketball plays in the championship game of their tournament out in California against UNLV. Some staggered start times in there, so you should be able to watch a little bit or a lot of all of those games if you are so inclined. Um but uh, that's uh, you know, Murphy's Law, right? Not much happening last night. All the games happening tonight. But you know what? We'll take it. Should be a fun night of viewing. That'll do it for me today. Like I said at the beginning, Ben Gessling and Randy Johnson join me on tomorrow's show. Going to be football, football, football. Getting ready for Vikings versus Patriots on Thursday, Thanksgiving. And getting ready for Gophers versus Badgers on Saturday. Still coming off of that disappointment against Iowa. Enjoy the rest of your day. Get yourself ready for some turkey on Thursday. Be back at it again tomorrow.